Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens, and he's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm great, Matt. How about you? I am good. I'm calling you from my phone. I'm having a little uh, Wi-Fi, uh, so we're going with the 5G telephone. So hopefully this works. It's working. So. All right. All right, episode 164, 164. Three questions every business owner must answer. Three questions every business owner must answer. All right, so this stemmed from a conversation I had. Um, so we talk about the four pillars, right? You got to have a business. The business generates income for your lifestyle, but then it needs to produce more income than that, right? The four pillars are the business, produce the income for your lifestyle, but then it makes money so you can buy the real estate like your office or some other sort of income producing real estate. It produces money so you can start a retirement plan, right? Put money away pre-tax. There's tax savings to that. And then additional monies that you go and you put into a wealth accumulation account, a savings account that you can use to generate income, buy real estate, buy stocks and bonds, whatever you want to do. Then if something goes wrong with the business, you have the other three pillars you can borrow from. Or if something goes wrong with the real estate, you have the other pillars you can borrow. So that's what we call our four pillars. So an exit planning is, is when they talk about when people want to sell their business, retire from their business. And, and you and I have gone through the stats. I think it's something like 80% of businesses never sell. They yeah. just shut the door down. Yeah. Right. Um, and so this stemmed from a conversation. And so what they have, what you have to answer if you're a business owner is, you know, what is my business worth? Most people have no idea what their business is worth. And I like to draw the value. Uh, let's come do the comparison of, of your house. What's your house worth? Right. So, so nowadays it used to be difficult. Nowadays you can go on Zillow, right. Realtor.com. And you can look at your house and kind of look at the comparables, Right. And in business, what's your business worth? You can do the same thing. It's more difficult, but you're looking for comparables. What have other businesses like mine sold for? Right? And so let's let's uh, um, if we pause on this for a second, yeah. because I want to I want to compare it to uh, real estate in that yeah. when you have not not residential real like commercial real estate, where if you okay. own a um, a rental property with multiple units, or you own mini storage or a commercial building with tenants, the value of that property is treated as a business. And the, the value of the, the property is based upon the net operating income of that property multiplied by what they call the cap rate, which is determined by the market. So what is, how does this cross over into business is if you have a business, your, your net income or that what they call the uh, the owner's income, it, it, that includes things like your company car and those things all gets added up. So this is your income as the owner is multiplied by the, sometimes they, uh, they call it a multiple in the sector of business that you're in. So it's very similar in a real estate asset, commercial asset in business is that you've got your net operating income multiplied the multiple, but then we're going to talk about some of the other things that really affect that value. Yeah, we should go through. So, so, the, so the, the let's go to the three questions. You know, uh, what's your business worth? Um, what is your number? How much do you need to retire off of? And number three would be how to maximize or improve the value of your business. So, so that first question, you're exactly right. What's your business worth? It's going to be your, 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 your owner's earnings, your owner's discretionary earnings, which is exactly right. How much you make plus whatever bills you run through there, like you said, your car and your cell phones. But then, and then usually a multiple of that number, right? So a typical multiple of that number, let's say 
you make a hundred thousand dollars, but then you got a car that goes through there and some other expenses. So maybe net net to you, it's one hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, right? Use that as a number. Your business would typically sell for three to five times that number. So somebody would give you whatever that is. Uh, I should have said, yeah. So three three times one hundred and fifty or five times one hundred and fifty, yeah. right? That would be your range, right? Um, and so let, yeah. let's, let's uh, uh, I know I'm not trying to interrupt you. I'm trying to say that. And a lot of people think, well, my equipment's on top of that. And the argument there is, is no, because you actually earn that money with that equipment. Yeah. So yeah. that's a great point. I had this conversation with one of my clients last year. That includes your all your equipment and all your inventory and the cash that you need to run that business. Unless, right? and I say unless, so typically, let's say you're the type of business that you stock a year's worth of inventory. That wouldn't be custom, customary. Um, if your business tip- typically operates on a net 30 and, and you've got 60 days of inventory and that's what you always have, then yes, that inventory is going to be included. But if you're like, you're, you're, you're in a really good cash position, you have a ton of inventory. No, not all that inventory is included. And if it's not included, you have to disclose that. Because I, I see... Uh, I always look at businesses for sale because I'm always looking for a deal, especially on real estate. And one of the things you always see like liquor stores, when they go to sell, they'll be like, okay, we're selling the liquor license and the location, the lease to the location, but we're not selling the liquor included in that price. If you want the liquor, it's this price. They let you know that it's a different multiple. Um, So there are- I gotta tell you that, that that is highly unusual, right? So, So a jewelry business, an engineering firm, a marketing firm, a manufacturing facilities, all those include the inventory. All that's already included because that's kind of your work in progress and the cash flow it needed to, to fund that. So an engineering uh, makes airline parts. You got to have cash to buy the parts, right? Then you got to have the inventory. So you use that to buy the inventory. So at any one time you have $500,000 in cash and 500000 in inventory in order to run the business. And right? if you have cash, a lot of people don't realize this let's say they, they build a company and they've got all this cash sitting there. When you sell the business, um, most of the time, that cash goes with the business. Yeah, that's it, why you got to get it out. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it, I mean, you got to get it out or put it into, you know, purchase assets because I know there are, there are uh, companies that do nothing but look for companies they can acquire that have enough cash so that when they close, they get all their down payment money back because the company has all the cash already. And yeah, so they yeah. literally sell themselves, but that's. But we're really kind of answering that's going to be how to make improvements, right? Yeah. So, so, so valuations are going to be your business is worth some multiple of how much you make plus whatever expenses you run for the business. So let me do round numbers. If it was $200,000, three times that would be 600. Somebody's going to pay you 600 grand. Somebody's going to pay you five times that would be a million dollars. So your business is worth somewhere between 600 to a million dollars. Okay, that's number one. What's your business worth? Most people don't have any idea go get a valuation done, go get a valuation light done. That can kind of give you just a base range. So you should know what your business is worth. We all think our, our baby is pretty, that our business is worth more than it is. Again, kind of like go back to your business, go back to real estate, go back to residential house. You know, oh, my house, you know, the neighbor's household for X amount, mine is nicer, it'll sell for more. Or mine will sell for just as much, even though mine hadn't been upgraded, right? And, and that's how I want to draw the parallels when we get to that. So then what's your number? So what you don't realize is when you sell that business, you're going to have to pay tax on that number. 
So let's say it was 200,000 that you made, the multiples three to five. So 600,000 to a million bucks. That's great. Let's say you got the five times multiple, a million bucks. You owe tax on that, right? That capital gains is 20% typically, can be 25%, right? So you're only going to end up with 800,000, 750,000, right? So it's not like you're going to end up with $10 million, right? And so, And you being a financial planner, you've probably had this conversation more than most business owners understand. The reality is um, when, it, when you say, what's your number? Um, it's a bigger number than I think most people think because right. when you retire, you're going to have all this more time, you're going to have more time off. And so chances are your, your spending is going to go up, not down. Um, and, and that's a reality. And so this is one of the reasons we talk about the four pillars, because this business is your first pillar. Right. And, and if, if you have a number in mind and that number is not real, let's say you want to retire at 60 and most people are not living to be into their 90s. That's 30 years of money. And if you're used to making 150,000 a year, well, you got to have 35 years of money. Um, that's <laughs> that's that, right. at 150,000 a year. That's a big number. And that's so a big number. That's you better right. have it in other pillars. Let's just yeah. say and that's a great point. And, and, and that's really why we stress, you know, we can jump to that right now. That's why we stress the four pillars. And that's why we stress you need time. You need yeah. five, 10 years to build that nest egg to build the four pillars because. Somebody's not going to, uh, your business that makes 200 grand, nobody's going to offer you five, $10 million for that. That's just not realistic, right? So, so this is the other thing we talk about, why you need a bigger runway. You need five years, 10 years to decide because you're going to need that amount of time to start accumulating that wealth because you're going to need a big number. And that's a great point. So it's usually, what's your number? That's number two. It's usually bigger than you think it is because you net out of that sale of the business much less and then a lot of, like we said earlier, you might not realize how much you ran through the business. You had your car, your spouse's car in there, your cell phones in there. You guys took travel vacations around the business conferences that you went to. And now all of a sudden you are running fifty dollars to $150,000 of personal expenses through the business. So you really weren't living off of two hundred. dollars You were really living off of three fifty. dollars Yeah. Because you had other expenses that you ran through there. That happens all the time, by the way. So and inflation, you, you have to you have to understand that if you make 150 today, uh, uh, 30 years from now, 150 is not going to be worth what yeah. 150 is worth today. So it's not going to buy you the same amount of things. You got to calculate that in. A good financial planner can help you do that. A, you know, actually, just there's there is um, if you have a Mac, there is spreadsheets in um, in the, in the numbers or in numbers program where it'll tell you what the future cost of money is, those type of things. These are important questions to ask because when you say, what's your number, you know, people will just throw out a number. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think of it in what's your monthly like lifestyle where you feel comfortable. That's, That's really right. your number. And then, so you have to figure this out backwards. Like, Oh, my monthly lifestyle is X. Let's just say it's, 20,000 a month or 10,000 a month. Well, you, the most common number is 10,000 a month. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have clients that'll live off of 5,000 a month. I have clients that live off of 20,000 a month. The real number, 10,000 is a lot per month. If your mortgage is paid off and your kids are out of school, right? Because you're going to have roughly, again, a thousand bucks a month on food, a thousand bucks a month on taxes, a uh, thousand bucks on maybe you got cars or thousand bucks at your club. So that's only four grand. That leaves you six grand to do discretionary spending. That's a lot of money. 
So again, I've got clients that live off of five grand a month. I got clients that live off of 20 grand a month. So a great starting point is 10,000 a month, assuming there are no kids, no private schools, no colleges, all that's done and no mortgage that's, you know, $5,000 a month mortgage that you've got that paid off, right? Yeah, you can spoil the heck out of your grandkids on 6,000 yeah. a month. Let's put yeah. it down. That, that's exactly right. So you got to have, that's a great point. You got to have a base number. I use $10,000 a month as a base case. You might be able to adjust it lower or higher depending on where you are. And that's going to be your number. And like I said, spreadsheets, there's, there's online calculators, uh, they're obviously financial advisors, right? But then the third question is going to be, how can you improve the value of that business? How can you, how can you maximize the value of that business? And this is the, the analogy. Let's go back. To, I'm going to go back to just residential housing, right? So if, if your house versus your neighbor's house, right, is the kitchen remodeled or not remodeled, that would be worth more, right? So if your bathrooms, the master bath is remodeled, that would be worth more. I live in Georgia. We have basements. So if the basement is finished or not finished, that would be more. That's a great analogy when it comes to your business. I was talking with a dentist uh, last week about the dental practice. And part of the thing with the dental practice is not just the revenue numbers that we're talking about, but the upgrade, because the buyer wants a sexy finished house, right? Yeah. The buyer wants new equipment and new chairs and new digital enhanced equipment for, the, for your dentistry practice and maybe an in-house, uh, some equipment that produce uh, the implants. Um, just like the upgraded house, right? Am I the value buyer who I'm going to go in here and upgrade the house myself, which you like to do, go in here and I like to buy the value stuff and we'll upgrade it ourselves. Most buyers are not like that. Most buyers want the everything already done for you. That is what determines that multiple. Remember the three times or the five times. You're going to get three times if the kitchen isn't done and the bathroom's not done and the basement's not finished, right? You're going to get the lower end of that number. Mm -hmm. You'll get a higher end of that number if, you know, the revenue is growing, very profitable, you're tech savvy, you, you've got systems and procedures in place, you've got a great team in place, right? It's real easy when you start thinking about it, almost like a checklist. And again, I like to draw the parallels of, of a house, right? What, what do you think a business owner is looking for? He wants to be able to go in there and make the same kind of money you do. So there better be some systems and processes in place for you to do that. He wants to go in there and, and improve it. He wants to go in there and build upon what you've done. It'd be a nightmare to come in there and make less than you make, right? Because then he, he ran his numbers on, on at least what you were making. So a great parallel is when you're looking at selling your business, think of it like a house, the neighbor's house. Did I, I, need, to re, I need to repaint. So I just had a buddy of mine just sold his house, 200,000 over asking, right? And his realtor, smart realtor was like, you need to, you know, paint the kitchen cabinets. You need to change out the, the back door. Literally, it was like a door. And it was a couple of cosmetics, a couple thousand dollars, maybe five, maybe $10,000 of repairs. That got him $200,000 more in value above asking because the house is in perfect move-in condition, right? And you didn't give the buyer anything to look at, like, oh, that's bad. You know, neutral colors like white and yellow or whatever, you know, very bad. That's what your business needs to be. Don't give the buyer anything ugly to look at, right? You know, redo the carpet in the front reception, you know, make sure the reception desk is, is fancy and nice. So I'm babbling on and on, but you well, get but, so, but on the same line, so we're talking, how do you maximize the value of your business? Right. Well, when people are looking at, the, at your business, they're going to look at your revenue first. Of course, that's, that's going to open their eyes to say, okay, yep. hey, I'm interested in this business. 
What they're going to look at next is how well that business can run without you. Yep. And so why did dentists get a smaller multiple typically is because the dentist is the business. So, That's right. so unless another dentist is buying you, it becomes very hard if all your revenue is made from you, Mr. Dentist, rather than other people doing cleanings and other things. That's right. So the, the more value, you, the, the, the more other people do are the doers in your business, the more someone is willing to pay for that business. Absolutely. And so, you could draw that parallel on several businesses, right? So I'll use dentistry as an example. If you're a dentist, one-man dentist shop, not as great. If you're a dentist and you have an associate, that's a two-man shop, right? There's And you got a hygienist, two hygienists who's doing hygienists producing their own revenues, the associates producing their own. So they only got to replace your revenue. That, that's a better... Oops. I got you, man. I still okay. got you. Just lost your camera there. Okay. All right. Um, that's a better law firm. If you're a one-man law firm versus like a two or three-man law firm, right? So I've got a buddy of mine and he's got two legal associates. Same thing. Those associates are creating their own revenue, right? Paralegals. There's a team in place. Now he's obviously the main lawyer, but his firm is worth more now because it's a three law firm as opposed to when it was just a one person. That's exactly what you're saying. If there are other revenue sources inside the business that it's not dependent on you, you've got a sales force or a sales team or a great, you're the copywriter, a great sales funnel in place that generates the revenue. That's what they're going to look at. You're exactly right. And it's going to be, is your business. Here's what typically happens. Most guys head into retirement for three to five years. They get lazy and the business starts to decline. And I'm talking law firms. I'm talking dental practices. I'm talking engineering firms. They're just cruising into retirement, right? And that's the exact opposite. If you're a buyer, again, do I want the, the house that's worn out or do I want the new the new house, the, fi the finished house, the renovated house, right? You should be doing the exact opposite the next three to five years, right? You should be upgrading your technology, upgrading your, your, your office furniture, upgrading uh, your team, right? You shouldn't be cruising into retirement as things could just run into the ground. You need well, to be on a high note. Yeah, and if you do That's this exactly. right though, along the way, when you go are heading into the retire retirement, yeah. you could be on the golf course four times a week. What, what someone right. would love to see is, wait a second, you're running all this profit, your sales are increasing, you got all this new equipment and you're playing golf all the time. That's the business people want to buy. Okay? That's the business people want to, that's going to get you the higher multiple. That's a great point, Dave. Yeah. And that's it's exactly you know, right. And that's the, and that is what, you know, what do you do to maximize that value? You've got to make the business look like a business. And in order for it to look like a business, it can't be all about you. And um, when I say it can't be all about you, you know, think of a publicly traded company. It's about the product. It's about their ability to sell that product. It's about how efficiently they move the product, service their customers, their funnels for bringing in business. Your business should look the same, even though it's private, because many business buyers are not trying to just buy your business. They're trying to buy your business and another one and, and put them together into one bigger business. And then they're going to sell that bigger business. So, yep. you know, we, we always think it's all about, it's not about you. It's not, I mean, it's not about <laughs> right, you. It's about we the buyer. <laughs> right, right. We think so, it is. It's all about me. Everything's yeah. about me. Everything's uh, about but, me. Yeah, that's exactly right. But it's really, but it's just really interesting that, that, that time and time again, these are the conversations. They don't know what their business is worth or they think it's worth a heck of a lot more than it is, right? Uh, they don't know what their number is to retire on because they don't realize 
what their real expenses are, right? Where the money going right now? How much am I running through the business, right? Because of the travel and the cars and the cell phones. They don't realize that, right? You got to start backing that number out. Having a conversation right now is exactly, we're three years from retirement. It's a husband and wife couple. And, and we got to start separating the, the business from the personal stuff, right? That it's, what is your expenses? What's the business expenses? We need to separate those out. And you need to know what your living expenses are, what the cash flow from the business is. And the other part is going to be whether you sell or finance it. A lot of times you have to take a note. The bank will loan the new buyer some money, but not all of it. So you might have to take somebody. So again, you would want your business to be well run so it could afford to make the payments to pay you back. It's almost like you're, you're, they're paying you with your own money is what I always say, right? You yeah. better leave the business in the best shape possible because really they're using your business to pay you back the money, especially. If yes, you're taking and, and so uh, have your business, your business should be SBA ready. Okay. Most people are going to buy, want to buy your business. They're, they want to take an SBA loan. So SBA ready means that like all your ducks are in a row. You got processes, you got systems, you got your finances, are, you know, your financials are clean. Are good, yep. every, everything's good. And then so what, like you said, what ends up happening is somebody might be able to get a SBA loan for, let's just say 70 cents on the dollar yep. um, of the value of the business. What Matt is saying is sometimes that 70 cents on the dollar is what you're going to get at closing. And the 30 cents on the dollar, which is the amount that you think they should come as a down payment, they may not even have a down payment. They might yep. just have enough to cover the closing costs, which is attorney's fees and other things to make this legal. And the other 30%, you may have to finance, which is which is great. And if if you're if you know the number, okay, what's my monthly number? 10,000 a month. Well, if you've got maybe a somebody's gonna pay you three or four thousand dollars a month of that for the next five years or so, um, right. and you're confident in the business, well, then you've already taken care of that much of it. But this and is the four right. pillars are so important yeah. also. Yeah. Because if you got 10 years before you think you're going to sell your business, 10 years, right. um, well, if you know your number, why not try to make sure that that number is already taken care of in the other three <laughs> pillars before that you have to awesome. sell that is, and literally, that is that is when I'm working with clients. That is exactly what I talk about. Is I want to accumulate my number as if I wasn't selling the business. Then when you sell the business, it's it's just gravy. Yeah. But if you give us five years, ten years, you can probably get your number out already, and then the business is just gravy on top of that. Like yeah. that, it's funny you say that. That is exactly right. If you can get the number. And the other three pillars, retirement plan, your real estate, uh, your uh, savings, the wealth accumulation, investment account, then you've already got your number is in here. And then selling the business is great. That is this literally is, exactly how I do my plan. This is one of the reasons when you when you always talk about the second pillar of real estate, that yeah. we always say, buy the you should buy the building that your business is in. And hopefully it has other businesses in that same building, because right. the building doesn't always transfer. Now you have a tenant that you with a business that you built and you know it's a solid business so you have a tenant so now you have the income from this asset that yep. it cash flows and you're kind of it allows you to kind of keep an eye on the business that you might be financing as well and yeah. so that's why we say that second pillar comes from the business but it's good to own the business the building that your business is in 
I mean, it's it's a it's a great it's way to utilize secondary income. Yeah, great no, it's, no, and, and you're exactly right, David. And that's this is what you got to get things. So, so again, you know, three questions every business owner must be able to answer. Right? What's my business worth? You at least need to know what the range is off. Here's what my business. Then you need to know number two. How much am I going to need to retire off? You're going to need to back into that number. How much do I spend? Right. What are my living expenses? And like you said, count on inflation and maybe living to your 95. Got to put all that into place. And then you got to say, well, how can I improve that number? How can I maximize the value? How can I get the higher end of what the what the range of my business is? And, and think of it like the house. I love the house analogy. You know, people want the renovated kitchen and bathroom and and uh, the refinished floors and the and the uh, hardwoods redone and the basement fixed and the new garage doors, like people want it already done. So you might as well start doing that now to maximize the value of the business. You and I talk about in our, in our monthly, in our, in our coaching program, that that's what we're working on is maximizing the value of the business as well as building the four pillars. Because if the business is humming along, it produces the extra cash flow to build the four pillars, right? The business is barely hanging on. One, it's not going to be at the upper end of that valuation, right? right. And two, it's probably not pouring off a lot of income to, to build the other pillars, right? you got to get the business humming along so it's producing that extra cash flow. That's what we do in our group coaching program. If you're interested in something like that, Matt at propertymd.com, Dave at propertymd.com. Um, we talk about we can find any business owner $50,000, $100,000 without spending a dollar more in advertising and marketing. That's a profit acceleration session. If you want us to find that kind of money in your business, uh, email us, Matt at ProfitabilityMD.com, Dave at ProfitabilityMD.com. Uh, that's what we do. That's the great starting point is let's get your business humming so that you can start building the four pillars. Um, the, the reason we talk about three questions every business owner must answer, one day you're going you're gonna to get rid of your business, right? You're going to die, you're going to sell it, or you're going to just shut the doors down, Right. You need to start thinking of the more time we have in advance, the more chance you have to build the four pillars to build the wealth. I love what Dave said. Dave said, I'd love to have my number in the other three pillars. And then the business is just gravy on top of that. I love that. That is literally how I run my life and how I, I work with my clients. That's exactly right on, Dave. Uh, we're on our YouTube channel, right? Profitability MD on YouTube. And then we got our podcast, wherever your podcasts are available. And of course, the website, profitabilitymd.com where you get copies of all this stuff. This is awesome. This is great. Went down some nice little roads and avenues, uh, but you got to know what your business is worth and you got to know how to maximize the value. And the more, the longer time you have to do that, you can build the four pillars and and, and create the wealth and, and exit the way you want to uh, retire. Yep. So when was the best time to start? Yesterday. When's the next best time to start? Right now. All right. I love it. All Let's right. Just... See you, man. See you.